Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for joining me. I have a great, amazing chest. I see so awesome. I can't believe that I have him once again. Everybody, please welcome from Secret Friends Unite, because I keep saying United. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> Mr. Todd Oxtra. Thank you, Eddie. It's been a while since we've done this, and uh, I want to thank you in advance because you will also be on The Secret Friends making your debut on that uh, very shortly, so this is kind of fun, and I think that's going to be interesting to see the different uh, approaches we take to doing this, so hopefully we'll have a lot of unique ideas both times, so very excited about this. You do some awesome stuff. I uh, love both, uh, you know, the, both, the, both the podcasts you do. Um, I, I did want to call it that one awesome interview you guys had with, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he is a writer on uh, Nintendo Force. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Holmes. Oh, I, I've, I've subscribed to that magazine, I think, pretty much close since it launched, and I absolutely love it. I, I, need, I think I'm going to subscribe to it after this episode because I've, I've wanted to, and he, he broke it down to me, and I was like, yeah, I need to get this. But see, I didn't know how, uh, how the uh, subscription worked. Is it like um, you buy the uh, magazine every month, or is it like a one-time fee and you get it like every two months or whenever? It's, it's every two months, and they do it through Patreon. Um, and I believe I get billed every time an issue comes out. So you're not really, uh, you're not, it's like I'm a subscribe to it, but it's not like they charge you up front for all of the issues, which is yes. cool. Okay. I have to look more into that. And and, and you get a poster, a double-sized poster, a double-sized <sighs> poster every time. Ed, so you could change it and, and flip it and have a different background every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I we, I I nerded. Of course, you kind of heard me just lose my dang mind. <laughs> but oh my goodness! Oh yeah, and I, I couldn't believe it. I totally forgot all the stuff that they were into back yes. in the day. Um, so that was cool. A great interview. You guys had a lot of fun. I mean, I'm yes. glad you, you did something like that because it's neat to have other people come in and share their experiences. Well, we ha- we have someone very special coming in uh, tomorrow, and uh, we uh, we got the guys from AM2R coming on. Ooh, nice get. Yeah. And that Wait, was... Nintendo hadn't had them killed? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. But we was discussing about it, like how we wanted them to, uh, hopefully, if they make another game, that they do get on the Switch. Or hopefully something like AM2R, like they got the, they, they know how to design something like that. I'm like, just make something original. But we're going to talk to all about them uh, sure. tomorrow. And I, I'm so stoked. Um to talk to them because I kind of want to understand like how they got it into this and where do they go from this now and stuff like that. So that's going to be very wait. exciting. Can't wait. Yeah. But everybody, we are here to talk about the Nintendo switch. Nintendo has, uh, fully given us information with price date release. And this for this episode is going to be different than normal episodes and podcasts that you guys hear. You know, you'll get roundtable discussions about price and games and controllers and all that goofy mess. Uh, and it's probably pretty much up and down and the same thing all around. But on this one, we're doing something different. It's called the good, the bad, in the eye roll. So we're going to talking about uh, the things that we personally liked out of it, what was good, what was bad, but, you know, we're still somewhat interested. And stuff that we just like, really, Nintendo, are y'all still doing this? Like, just giving them the good old eye roll. So I want to start out with the good. And definitely for me, 
the whole presentation was good. I I I truly just loved the zaniness. I loved how Kimishima came out and spoke. Um, and then all these new developers and producers that we've never seen come out and make a presentation. Not one Miyamoto showing besides when Reggie fils came out uh, for pre-recorded and the new one. Like, of course, those two. I, I'm just like, whatever you guys are wearing or doing, I just wish I could be around you. <laughs> um, so uh, that was good to me. Arms looks fantastic i love arms and uh people in party will eye roll about that but i'm just like this is this game is a power stone with meets punch out and it looks zany and fun i don't know how nintendo was able to do a capcom art style but they knocked it out like oh this yeah looks, this looks very interesting and good um uh, the, the Treehouse live event was also Friday, and um, uh, slipper, uh, slipper clips. I had to look at the. Uh, thing. yeah, I watched a video of that. Yeah, that's their little downloadable twenty buck game. Which, mm-hmm. hey, love that they're doing some some digital stuff too to fill yeah. the pipeline. Yeah, and, um, and um, has been heroes looks interesting. I know the the stop thing could get on like people's nerves, but I'm just like, this is a rogue action RPG kind of game. And I'm all for it. Uh, and I have to say, another good thing is they went deep for the RPGs. Yeah. Like, like having this conference for the games that they showed was RPGs. Oh, I can, I have to have that Dragon Quest series. I mean, Drag, well, not Dragon Quest series. I have to have Dragon Quest Eleven, And I'm glad that it is region free. Um, I will wait for the localization, though. Smart so. man. Yeah, it's funny with the Wii U, um, you really only got two RPGs on the Wii U. You got uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and yes. then you got, uh, what was the the Fates game? Tokyo Mirage out. Sessions. That's it. So, I mean, considering they've had a lot more Japanese support, looks like that. And, that, and you know, I, I think, honestly, they missed the boat on bringing a lot of, you know, JRPGs that, you know, showed up on, on the Vita and things like that. Yes. I think this is an untapped market for the switch that will see a lot of benefit yeah uh well i think because i I, and i'm kind of glad that the we missed it i the way you missed it i think because of 3ds getting so much atlas support and people putting like like square enix not knowing that bravely default would do so well on that system like everybody was just like if you really want good rpgs you were gonna go to the 3ds because i'm like it's portable um it, it's you could play that anytime that you want to on the go because long train rides rpgs would knock that out quickly compared to like playing something like final fantasy or or anything like that uh on ps4 or ps3 or whatever um so but that was just some of my goods uh todd what was your good um i think what i liked about it was the to your point ed the fact that they brought out the new team the new Nintendo team. Yes. Miyamoto, they, they called it out, basically. They kept on saying, I am the head of uh, Switch hardware development. I am the head of Switch software development. So they put a stake in the ground saying, um, Miyamoto is going to retire eventually, <laughs> and we have to bring in new talent. And I'm glad. And they got, and they did get silly. I mean, Kimishima is never going to be um, Mr. Iwata. He's yes. not going to be wacky and things. But the, the, the head of, I can't remember if it was the head of hardware or software, he wore the Mario hat. Yeah, that was fun. I, I thought I thought he had a uh, playful um, demeanor, which was great. 
Yes. And uh, the guy with the splatoon guns doing the little yep. pose. I was laughing. I was just like, yeah, that was it. Um, any other good things that you had to say about the games, uh, prices, what, anything that you else you found good? Well, um, I think the, the, the part I probably enjoyed, I think they did a great job of expanding on uh, beyond what we had seen in the initial trailer a couple months ago mm-hmm. was the fact that they are doubling down on um, motion controls again, but they've added significant features to that, which is good, um, which is neat. And they showed unique ways to use it. And I think there's more to be shown about how they're going to use those controls. Um, I think they did a good job of, let's see, what's the best way to put this? (laughs) I think they did a good job of putting their cards on the table early. So you weren't waiting for every little bit of piece of information. Basically here's the price. Here's when it's launching, um, and here's a lot of details on all of the components. So I like mm-hmm. that as well. So those are probably my big things that I, I liked what they did. Okay. So now we're getting to the bad. Like, uh, they did so – I'm like, not really my kind of thing, but uh, I'm still interested. So, Ty, I'm going to let you go on this part because you probably have a lot to say about the bad more than I do. <laughs> so go ahead. So I came away from – the uh switch event excited for the hardware more so than the games excluding um zelda and mario mm-hmm. uh, mario blew me away it's 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 really the mario i've wanted so I, I am sold on that and i'm sold on zelda the the trailer for that was fantastic um but the other games i didn't see a lot for me todd being Todd, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which which is a shame, but I know there's some titles that people absolutely love. Mario Kart 8, I, you know, Mario Kart just has never done a, been a big deal for me. Yes. Uh, Splatoon, I enjoyed Splatoon, but until I hear more about how different this is than the original game, uh-huh. it, I, I need more information on that game to get excited. The JRPGs, I, I, I am not a huge fan anymore. I used to be. I just I just don't have as much time. But I, I do think, if I'm hearing right, if Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is more like Xenoblade Chronicles 1, which I never played, but I heard fantastic things, that I'm probably more excited about that than a Chronicles X because I heard there was issues with the story. Um, not excited about the cost of all the peripherals. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, and I need more details on some of these things because I'm a little confused um, because you know they talked about the the fact that the Joy-Cons, um, you can buy them separately for 50 bucks a piece. Then they sell the Joy-Cons together as a set for 80 bucks. And maybe you know this, Ed. Do the set that they're selling for 80 bucks, does that include the connector, the sad puppy, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the thing that you put the Joy-Cons on to use it as a traditional controller? Does that come with the $80 set? No. The, uh, so the, uh, the gripper, like the charger? Yeah, the grip, the no, charger. No, um, yeah. that's separate. So the so group, yeah, the charger, the charge part is is separate. So um, if you want to buy two Joy Cons and that part, it's going to cost you about, uh, the cheapest is one hundred and ten bucks. One hundred and ten, yeah. And then if you buy, you know, if you happen to accidentally buy them <laughs> the, the Joy Cons separately, plus yeah. that you're at one hundred and thirty, which is only twenty dollars less than an Xbox Elite controller, which is like, ugh. which is so fine. Which is fine because I was telling Kyle this. I was just like, hmm, I still can't find an Xbox Elite controller. And that's $150. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Like, and I understand it's customizable and stuff like that, but I'm just like, that is the most expensive controller, and that's one half of an Xbox S. Yep. Rephrase that. That's one half of the Nintendo Switch, and that's the system with a controller in the dock. Yeah, I mean, I will say this with the Elite, that is like, um, a pro controllers, there's a market for that, like, extreme high-end controller that's customizable, because that's what the people who uh, compete online, or compete, um, or are highly competitive, they like higher-end controllers, some of those are like 200, 250 bucks, so yeah. I totally get that, it's just, this is just an extra, especially, like, you like ARMS, oh. you have to have an extra set, so basically, you're at, at minimum 80 bucks, just for those two extra Joy-Cons so yes. you can play with somebody else. So that's it's it's a little steep for me. So I was like, Ugh. if it was eighty with uh the with basically an, a replacement was eighty with the with the charter, okay. I'd be like, Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm a little uh dicey on that. The dock obviously ninety bucks. Um it, it, you know, I think there's more to learn about what the dock is actually doing, but at this point we know that it allows um you to display the switch at 1080p on your screen it's charging mm -hmm. it as well it's an output for hdmi uh, apparently it will uh, it has no like processing power in it but because it's got a steady stream of power um, electrical power um, and it's doing the output to the tv rather than the switch itself it's allowing the system to clock speed up um, to allow 1080p yes which is good um, but 90 bucks is still once again that's a lot of money just to put your uh, uh to get uh, another TV switch compatible, so I will probably just unplug mine and move it to another TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they did. Uh, they did uh, announce because uh, Jose Otero from IGN he did say that the Joy Cons hold up until twenty hours. So, that's good. So you know that's kind of. Um, and I was telling Kyle this. I was just like, there's probably a lot of tech that's in the controllers. So that might just that might be why it's fifty dollars. Yes, eighty dollars for two Joy Cons, a ten dollar difference. A lot of people might see like Nintendo, what are you doing? But I'm like, I'm like thinking about thinking. Of, I was thinking about that, but just like it's not a problem to me because I'll still buy it, um, even with the charger if I need to. But um, I just I, I really don't have pricing with uh, with that accessories. Where if I want a PS4 controller, if I want it in a different color, that's five bucks more, and it's the same thing. Like yeah. we we were talking about colors with controllers, about you know maybe soon sooner or later they'll come up with custom colors, like a Splatoon controller set, and if it's still eighty dollars, be like, well, I'm like it, I'm like it still offers that technology, and it's still you know maybe a special edition that i might like and i might want to put it on my system bam i'll just go put it in my system and it's all optional like or you could just wait for it, buy one get one half off accessory deal like you know amazon like to throw deals like out the wazoo so uh yeah yeah i mean and, yeah. and and just think about it i'm just like if you get the set you already got four four controllers so you'll be ready for four player split screen if a game offers it and you're at the house so. Yeah, it's 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 something that'll be um, if you're a single dude, but if you got a family and yeah, multiple people want to play, kids drop the Joy Cons, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they go down the toilet, things like that. It happens, Ed. Uh, <laughs> well, you have to be prepared for uh, one Joy Con going missing, <laughs> and you're like, "What the heck? Where is it?" So, <laughs> well, what did you think that it should have been for the price for the oh, well, uh, double pack? 
that's a good question because a Wiimote originally was about 40 bucks. The nunchuck was 20, so 60, but obviously the, the nunchuck didn't have a lot of uh, technology. So yeah. I really thought maybe you'd see more long lines of individually 40 bucks each because, and I know it has a lot of new technology, but the Wiimote is 10 years old <laughs> and technology typically gets cheaper, even new technology. Yeah. So I thought, I thought they would still stay at like 40 bucks if you bought them individually and then you'd get a set uh, at about 80 bucks with the controller, the controller. So you're like, you're like 20 bucks more than a, a DualShock 4, which you could say, yep, because it's got all this technology. So it's a little bit, I guess they'll play with it. And you know what? I am a firm believer in quality third-party accessories. So I uh, I potentially will wait until a third-party brings them out, like a Nyko or a Hori, uh-huh. and probably buy them there because, quite honestly, in license, Nintendo license uh third parties yes so the quality is typically up there like i got the pro controller for the wii u it's a nyko i think uh-huh. and it's fantastic absolutely love it no quality difference um so that's what i'll probably do is i'll probably be the cheap guy that buys the uh the third parties so eh. oh well yeah um for me i guess it's the well uh because i really don't have no problem with the pricing of of the controllers and stuff like that um I'm still trying to figure out the uh, online chat part, <laughs> um, uh, and, and the only reason why I'm I'm trying to figure it out is I'm not saying that it's well. It, I mean, it's kind of bad the way that I guess the wording is, but I really don't fully understand um, how the functionality is going about because I haven't heard much about it. So I didn't do because I haven't seen those stories on Nintendo talking more about that. Um, and I think I missed it in the presentation on how that all works. I got to rewatch the presentation um, and, and see if I guess find out more about it. But um, maybe just the online chat part, which I really don't, it really don't do nothing for me because um, I'm a person that is good. But I think when I'm playing with other people online and if we're not having a constant discussion, I won't say much. Like I, I, I tend to listen, just be like, I'm too, I'm like, I'm a person that's so focused on the game, not realizing that, uh, if, if no tomfoolery is going on or some cool stuff is not going on, we're not really communicating at all. I was just listening and not say nothing. And, and it happens to me with online chat for games and stuff like that. So I guess that would be my bad. Uh, I, I kind of love the, uh, I think the one bad thing I, I, I could say, but yet I'm still interested in, is that um, I kind of wish that more third party was there to to show off games, but I but I could understand why they didn't because uh, besides EA, I I think a lot of Eastern uh, Eastern gamers don't get third party like Western third party like you know like we do. Like they they probably wouldn't care nothing about Titanfall two, but if Titanfall two, uh, if we spawn came out and said Titanfall two on the Switch, we would literally lose our minds. Like like we like good Nintendo, yeah yeah. But when you show Titanfall two in Japan, they would have been like, uh, what's this? Okay, I'm going back to my cell phone game. Like so, it, it's kind of weird, but um, I guess that's that's my thing. So now we get to the point of Iro. Uh, where do I start? You know what? I think my eye roll is that a lot of people just came away. People are just, 
I guess people not understanding that that this is a Japanese conference, you know, and just barging on Nintendo and getting, you know, just not saying being mean or, you know, very opinionated, but I, I just, my eyebrow was just that you haven't studied Japanese culture and how they do things and going in with a Western mind, you'll never, you'll never understand. So, um, like people were just saying, well, this was the worst conference Nintendo ever done, and I was just like, you must not watch that Sony Pro, <laughs> Sony uh, PS4 Pro conference because you can't say that you're showing everything in 4K, and everybody who's watching it because it's only streaming, we're watching it through a 1080p, so we can't really tell the difference. Yes, if we had a 4K TV and that was available, maybe we can tell the difference. But guess what? We can't see the difference. You know, you're, abs- you're absolutely right, Ed. And I would say the only difference I think between the PS4 Pro event and the Nintendo Switch event, and at least you know the fact the PS4 Pro is like a bump up. It, it, it would be like Microsoft doing Xbox One S conference. Yeah. It's kind of pointless. It, it really didn't. It did. It was. It was kind of needless. But I would say, and I totally get the Japanese piece. I, I what I think the problem was that. As and I think that the way they handled it was great for investors. Maybe that should have been a private uh, event where uh-huh. they, it's quiet. They're showing the details, but you know, and I totally get that. Maybe they should have done like a U.S. Uh, at simultaneous U.S. Europe and whatever, uh, all the same content. Kind of like the EA uh, uh, press conference, like last year. Like sure. E3. And they, they tweak it for each audience, you know, what what gets them excited, the the focus of the titles and everything. Because I know there's a lot of titles that people were shown. It's like. I could care less about that, you know. Right. So I totally get that, but I think that for me, it was, and, and I know it's Japanese, but the lack of reaction and just um, specifically even from the translators, they just sounded like there was so like lack of energy, emotion, and this, and specifically they're translating for a specific audience like U.S. or yes. French or whatever. And, and the fact is that it just sounded like they were just reading versus showing, and, and a lot of the guys on stage were trying to show excitement. They were like, like um, what's his name? Um, the Splatoon 2 guy. Yeah. And he kept on doing the, the dab or whatever it was. He was like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was excited, and it was just dead. So I feel like that was a miss opportunity for a new console. There's so much excitement, uh-huh. especially after the, so much excitement from that that launch trailer two months ago. People were like, I get it. It's quick. It's easy. Um, I, I really do think it was a missed opportunity to um, – I guess do more of a approach for the audience they were going after because I did think it, it did live it left people feeling very much like there's just no emotion there's no excitement it's dead it's like it's like speaking to a room and nobody's there so I I totally get it though that was their approach but I think that that's where they could have improved upon um, it it could have been better but yeah I mean there's some there was some awkward just I felt so bad for some of those guys but like they're trying really hard to be excited and. <laughs> It's dead it's silence, dead. and yeah. it is. And I, I, you know what? I'll take over the dead silence over the fake, fake clapping of employees at the Ubisoft conference. And oh yeah. All, yeah, like all of that craziness. We'd be like, really? You guys are getting excited about a trailer that just didn't say nothing to us, really? Like, like, and you could tell. And and this is how bad it is. I'll take the silence. I, and yes, that part was disappointing. That's an eye roll. But at least that you can't show three rows on, on stream that people are hyped, and then everybody else who are journalists don't have no reaction. Yeah, 
I think the last time that somebody went crazy was when they, uh, I hate that they did this, when Sony announced that Shenmue 3 and that one dude and people would jump up and going crazy and maybe, or maybe Final Fantasy 7 being episodic. Oh, the remake? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, that that craziness is, you know, people got excited. So you'd be like, okay, you can see what people are really excited about. But I think every time they announce something like at E3 and you and you hear the hired people who work for the company get excited compared to the rest of the industry not like really suppressed like not really impressed, I'll I'll take and be like, okay, businessmen are all dead. At <laughs> least they've got some real reactions. They don't yeah. they're not paid or fake about it. They'd be like, Okay, that's interesting. Move on. Yeah, I mean they do uh, like for E three, Sony, Microsoft, they will bring in fans they'll like yes. they'll have a certain amount that'll be in the cover crowds so you do get some i would say some enthusiastic reaction because of the biggest fans and you know if nintendo fans were invited they would be losing their mind oh, when yes. they saw that mario trailer so yeah i mean I, I totally get it um and yeah we haven't had this in forever and yeah it wasn't seeing we music on stage which was actually a, absolutely a train wreck and uh so and i would hate people take this way that nintendo should never do a live event event again, but the way that this all came out, it kind of felt like this just could all have been pre-recorded like a direct. If you're yeah. going to have no reaction, do that. I mean, why didn't he have to be on stage? To, do, you, to... do you think that Nintendo Direct has spoiled us because they're so good? Like, like you know, because you know how people were when they first said that they was moving away from live presentations to do a Nintendo Direct. Um, and people were kind of like worried and concerned about it. Do you feel like, like, okay, yeah, this actually works for them? I think it's fine. I, I like I said, I, I it's funny. People are like, well, just wait till E three, and I'm like, they're gonna show direct. I'm like, well, then if they're gonna do directs, quite honestly, and they don't have an audience, why do they even wait till E three? Put do a direct every month and small details, and I'm fine with that. It's just if you are gonna do a live event, I think you have to play to the strengths of a live event, which is the reaction. It's the the interesting things, the surprises um, that you get from a live event involving an audience. And if you're not going to do that, I mean, because look what Apple does. I mean, when they had the Apple conference, I mean, that's so impressive when they brought out uh, Miyamoto on stage. So Mario, yes. that was a big deal. And people it got excited. So I think there's a great way to do a live event. I think there's a wrong way. And for this, if it was truly going to be just for the business, uh, uh, the businessmen of that area, I, I don't know. It's are are you? Should I ask? um, Are you shocked that Nintendo actually did this? You know, just not only show the not only to show this to the shareholders, but actually to the world itself. Because we've known Nintendo to be such a private company, and over the years they kind of been opening up about their about what they do and stuff. So, do you think that this is a shock or? Or even if the press conference, whatever people see it, bad, good, that you are kind of happy that Nintendo didn't just do it for the shareholders, just didn't do a direct, kind of wanted everybody involved in the world to watch. Like, I mean, regardless if you think it's good or bad, do you think that, well, at least they did open it up to everybody who wants to see it? Sure, I think that's fine. I don't think the effect was with that type of presentation. Um, they were going to get anybody else to watch it versus gamers. Mm -hmm. You're not going to show clips from this thing unless you're just showing the videos. Um, you're not going to show that to NBC News, and people are going to be, oh, that was an awesome thing. They're going to be like, 
this is odd and very Japanese. So, I mean, the clips that can come out, that's fine. And, you know, I don't know if that's even the point at this point for Nintendo. They don't have to excite the public at this point. They just have to sell the, you know, the Wii U faithful, the 3DS faithful, the system, because they know when they've got a Mario to pitch in the fall and people, and they've got a system, brand new system, new games in the fall, that's when they sell to the public. And I think that's fine. And do you think that E3, um, that's when third party is going to be announcing games for Switch? Um, do you think that, uh, you know, Nintendo Nintendo being like, you know, when we do a lot of our directs, we kind of want to finish on Nintendo products. But now it's up to, uh, uh, you know, third party, how they want to, you know, show off their content for these systems. So if they want to show off Borderlands 3, bringing the Switch, do you think 2K should be able to handle that and just do it uh, with the rest of everything uh, with their, like, plat- multi-platforms? Be like, Borderlands 3 coming for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, and showing the trailer and talking like that. Uh, or do you think that they should have... Uh, but like Nintendo, we really want to show this off, so we want to just put it into the, your direct and stuff. Do you think they're, do you think they're trying to do that for E3 or anything like that? Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard for like third parties that don't have their own conference. Um, you know, like EA will have their conference, Ubisoft has their own conference, but beyond that, those are really the only two main. I mean, uh, uh you know, Bethesda has been doing conferences mm-hmm. lately uh but for that what i what i really hope that they do if they're gonna have a direct and they really want to show that they are supporting third party you're right uh, they have to have third parties in their directs they need to say um and they need to treat them as partners mm-hmm. don't make it put them out there and just say oh yeah third party and then they need to just say that we have a relationship we're building um the foundation for a future that has it's just as much Nintendo as this. And guess what? The version of FIFA will have a Mario mode or something like that. And they put them directly into their direct, um, highlight the developers, and say, what's going to be unique about third party on the Switch um, that will uh, that will tempt Nintendo fans versus just Nintendo fans say, oh, it's third party. I don't want that crap. So that's what I hope. So I think you're right. I think they need to incorporate third party into the directs versus not letting them come to the party but still expecting third party to be excited about their box. So, cause it's, I think it's going to, I, I agree with you a hundred percent agree with you. Cause I just want, if they do get involved with the Nintendo directs and they're happy and they're showing off their product for the, the, this come from third party perspective that they're doing that. I hope they, you know, they get involved and they may help make that direct entertaining. Cause it's going to, uh, contradict their emotions and actions when they're on stage. We just announced Just Dance for this, this. It has all this in, in mobile ability. And did you see it on, uh, you see them dressed up in like a dino outfit on Nintendo Direct and be like, Joe and Mac 5 is coming out. Or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> like, Joe and Mac, Caveman Chaos. Yeah. And, and, and it's goofy, but it's fun and oh, on yeah. the Nintendo Direct. Like, you'll be like, what happened to the fun version of you? I hate this business version of you. Like, can you, like, hopefully that happens at e3 think about overwatch i think that game has huge potential on the switch Mm -hmm. because i think nintendo fans would play that because that's a very nintendo mindset of how you do uh, a multiplayer shooter and and play with characters and what do they say they say oh guess what you're getting nintendo skins or nintendo outfits that's a win i think that's how they do it and they, they could have 
those and and they do great cinematics for Overwatch. And just think if they incorporated a cinematic, a new cinematic with those Nintendo elements, like they basically have a Nintendo map. Wouldn't that be cool? Like a oh, Mushroom oh. Kingdom? Oh my goodness. Okay, then 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 I'll buy Overwatch. Yeah. I, I won't buy it for PS4. Xbox I think Nintendo Xbox. has to invest in those third party relationships and they have to do things. They have to have when they have an ad for a game, put a tag at the end. It's on Switch. Well, it that part I'm like, will Blizzard be ready to develop for Nintendo? That's 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 that would be my question. Will Blizzard be ready to develop for Nintendo? I don't think. I, and you know, Nintendo could go to Activision and be like, "We want, we want Overwatch on Switch." We, we and you know, it would be a good thing for esports. You know, it'll be good for being able to um, challenge people and you know, having Overwatch on the go at PAX. You know, and everybody playing the Switch version, like that would be the thing. But it, will Blizzard be ready to do that? Because if if Blizzard steps up to the plate and be like, "We want to put Overwatch on the Switch," and Nintendo just like come on aboard, do you think that would? Do you think Blizzard will be up to that? To be like, I, "Let's do this." I think so, and I think they could start slowly. I mean, if they wanted to really jump the plate, go with Overwatch. It's it's a, still a fairly new game. And we know that they're going to build on that game with uh, events and probably new modes, and they'll mm-hmm. continue to build on it. But um, if they really wanted to start slow and they play to the uh, the things that make Nintendo great, um, they could either do Hearthstone because they've got a touch screen device. Hearthstone is perfect on yeah. screen devices. That would be easy, and it's playful. It's fun. There's no games like that on a Nintendo console, which is fantastic. And Or they could do uh, Diablo 3. Because that is a fantastic co-op game you can play together, right. and, and has a huge ha- fan base. And I think they then they had was it Diablo two? It was one no. of them that was on GameCube. Uh, Diablo one was on PlayStation, PlayStation, original PlayStation. Yeah, but I don't think it was on any anything else. I mean, they had StarCraft on N sixty four, didn't they? I, <laughs> I I think so. Yeah, or did that one get? No, I think no. Yeah, I think Maybe. StarCraft. Yeah, I think StarCraft, yeah, StarCraft came out in '64, but that was about it. So they have a history, and and I just think, I mean, and even if you go back further uh, than that, there was a game. Uh, do you remember the side-scrolling shooter game they made? Uh, uh, what was it called? Bloodthorn. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and that was on the SNES, I think. So. Yes, it was. They have a history. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. Goodness, Todd! Why did you give me hype for Overwatch on Switch? Now, <laughs> like now, I want it because I, from people who know me and seeing stuff, I've been dogging Overwatch uh, because I compare that to Borderlands, and people get on me. But I'm just like nothing about Overwatch does it for me. Like something like Splatoon does it for me, and I, I think I don't know. I think it's sometimes with the community in Overwatch that. Um, there's just still some negative people on that game and don't understand how that truly, how that game is supposed to work. And, you know, and I think that I might have to do an optional opinion about that. Just talking about people's mind frames about what they think a game should be. And that's what it's not the purpose. Cause I, I mean, that's why I say, I'm like, if I want a uh, online multiplayer experience to have fun, I'll play Splatoon. And people are like, well, Splatoon is for kids. And I'm just like, the the thing about Splatoon is that your ink is covering the ground. And that's important. The teamwork is there is what I enjoy. But if I could win a match because our team got more ink and we're playing that tug of war 
that's what I like. And it's only three minutes. And it's my, my skill is being compared with everybody else's skill. And it's always switched up. With Overwatch, I think some there's just still some people who are very negative and think that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be this kind of person. This should be your character, and so our thing is to wreck the other team. Where it's just be like, no, there's classes in this game that people are supposed to like take and try to master and help help support the team. If you're a person who supported, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be judged or yelled at for being a supportive character. So oh, I I totally get it, and it's uh, kind of funny you, you like Splatoon, which I thought was Splatoon was fun, but I think yes. there's potential for Splatoon to be far more than it is now. Uh-huh. That's why I worry about Splatoon only being like, oh, in Splatoon two, you're getting uh, more maps, more weapons, and more costumes. To me, that's not a sequel. That just feels like a, a okay. like almost like a, a DLC or expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I keep pushing this at, I keep hoping it happens, but I want um an expanded first first uh or a uh, single player because i really enjoyed the single player yes. Splatoon. i thought there was a lot of neat ideas um but i also want um and this goes to my destiny leaning a lot of co-op online multiplayer experiences the pve if you could call it uh-huh. and you're playing almost think like a horde mode in gears of war it's you and your team taking on we waves and waves of the uh octolings oh, oh yes would yes. that be fun? Yes. And it gets I, harder and harder. Oh, you're making me excited. Oh, I love that now. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's step one. Ed. The other one that I think would be fantastic is call it a raid, call it a strike, whatever, where your team is going out and you have certain mechanics that are unique to that level and then you come to the boss and then you're taking a boss on as your team. Yes. You have to like it's like Destiny. You have to go over to this platform. You have to hold that while something else happens, so the other guys can go up on another platform, get really high up, so they can attack the boss. It's 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 co-op. It's teamwork. It's fun because um, you'll still have the PvP part, which is great and it's fun. But I think that game needed more than just it's five minutes of the same. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so that's what I want to see out of Splatoon. I don't want just more maps and and uh, you know call it a battle mode, whatever. I, I think there's potential to be more of that, and that game's coming out. They haven't announced when it's coming out, so. Um, but it's coming this year, apparently. So hopefully there's more to be shown on this because I think that'd be fantastic. But, I mean, I think Overwatch is the same mentality as, you know, that game is supposed to be very fun and you're supposed to feel like you're contributing at the end of every round. And, um, yeah, it's playing with the right people, I think, to make you feel good. But that's a game where, I, it, like Splatoon, I ran out of steam on it because I felt like, eh, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. But it's fun. And with voice chat, yeah. it should be far fun. Because, Ed, I want to hear your – I want to hear you scream – when you get nailed by me, I just want to hear the <laughs> jokes and and quite think of and also I think the the collaborative nature of playing Splatoon now, where I, Ed, I can say Ed, holy crap, watch out, you're getting you're gonna get attacked, or go let's go over here together. I think that would add so much more to it versus having to look at a screen because now to look at a screen you're gonna have to push another button right. to look at your screen and move. So I think that would be fun, or it's like somebody screen, please help me, I need help, ah! <laughs> help I mean, me, I'm over it. here, yeah, because exactly. if 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 people have us so on World One One podcast, my other podcast, uh, me and my co-host Larry Giver, we were playing Metroid Two Echoes. We were playing multiplayer, and that was my first time playing it. And 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 although we was like on the couch by together, I was like, no, get away from me. No, no, no. And he just, ah, I got you. And to hear Todd be like, yeah, I got you. And, and Misha screaming, no, that's unfair. To have that, like, reaction 
online doing voice chat yeah and, and that's the fun stuff that i'm looking forward to so hopefully it comes um but that would do the show um you know everybody's having a good weekend good week and stuff like that I, i'm excited by the switch i really can't wait i know i'm not getting it on day one i uh i'm probably gonna get it down the line uh when more games come out because i feel like it, the system's gonna sell out now if there's more systems that's available i'll pick it up and be like okay cool i got a switch i got some games i'm good to go but march is packed with games and i'm fine with the i'm fine with the uh game lineup for launch day yes five games whatever that's fine you know i feel like the legend of zelda is gonna be a good time racer um but you got like mass effect Andromeda. you got soft part coming out like you have a lot of games so you could sorry about that i mean you could take a break from the switch your new your new system and be able to play those other games because they're going to be taking time too now a lot of people say well it's going it's going to uh collect dust that happens to all three consoles like even when i got my playstation 4 i didn't hook that system up to almost two months after i got the system it had stayed in the box because i <laughs> i mean I, and i hooked I, like it took almost three weeks for me to start my xbox one up because i was playing wii u like i was playing games on there so i'm like now that i got all three systems i go from system to system on what i want to play it's not an ignoring thing it's just what i want to play so yeah a lot of people be like well i'm gonna get the games that i want um and, and and you get the idea that people are going to get these games, they're going to play them for a while, not beat them, and move on. But I'm just like, no, I feel like you're going to get you're gonna get Zelda, you're going to get Bomberman, you're going to get 1-2-Switch, and you're going to have parties, you're going to stream it, and you're going to do all the stuff that you want to do. And I think you're going to have fun, and it's just going to probably be a time waster uh, like you, you, of, of a bunch of fun. And even if you finish it, I know people are going to be like, I need to finish Zelda because... I already got Horizon with Zero Dawn on the back end. I need to finish that. And then I need to get into Mass Effect. Because, like, me, I was I was just like, I have Zelda. I had to finish Zelda. Bef- no, I had to. Uh, it's Horizon. I got to finish Horizon before Zelda. I had to finish Zelda before Mass Effect. I got I, Mass Effect won't not get played because that following week, Persona 5 come out. Like, <laughs> like for the next two weeks, like, like, that month and part of April, those top four games are my most anticipated games. And... I'm gonna do my time. I gotta do, do seventeen thousand podcasts. I got futures and blogs. I gotta write. <laughs> like, like I got stuff to do and work. So, I, so even if the the people feel like the switch, this foundation, this beginning is lackluster, that's cool. That's fine. I can understand. But I'm fine with that, knowing that there's a ton of great games that's coming out across all platforms, and I I love that, you know, and definitely when the summertime comes. And Splatoon 2 is all for the summer. Bam, I'm fine like that. I- I'm good to go. Black. Like, yeah, let me get that Splatoon. Because I have E3. I got to get, pre- get prepared for E3. I got to get guests. I'm probably going to be on other podcasts. where I'm probably going to nerd out. I'm probably going to be lifting my princess dress and running out fast, pressing the B button. <laughs> like, I'm going to be crazy trying to cover all this news and stuff like that. You know, so everybody just, I don't know. That's and, I mean, me. you haven't even talked about, like, you have to go see these 50 Shades of Grey, Monster <laughs> Trucks. I mean, come on. Oh. You gotta, you know, yeah, Did, I mean, you got things to do. You're a busy man. And when is, when is the Power Rangers movie coming out? Uh, March or April? Oh, dang it. I gotta watch that, too. Yep. 
So, I mean, Lego Batman, that's coming out. That movie's coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so ready for that Lego Batman. Because <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy the Lego movie. Uh, oh. I thought it was cool, but the Lego Batman, I'm all for. I love Batman. That is, oh, that yeah. is my jam. Awesome. Please, Telltale, get on the Switch. I would need that Batman Tale of Tale Event series on there. Oh, yeah. There has not been a Telltale game on a Nintendo system ever, I don't think. Yeah, Or maybe early. Um, maybe early, like early stuff they did, uh, but nothing like No Walking Dead or anything like that. Back to the Future was the only one on Wii. And then yeah, that was oh, the um, uh, Oh, uh, Homestar Runner as well was on the Wii, I think. It was? Yeah, that's where it actually launched. How did I miss that? I don't know. Better go check it out. Get it for your Wii U before you put that puppy uh, oh, away. Oh, yes. I need that. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'll be cool for because, I mean, Gardens of the Galaxy will be awesome on the go with the Switch. Oh, yeah. like, There's no excuse not to put those games on the Switch because it's powerful enough. It's on the go. Those games are short burst entertainment. Yeah. Right, and they don't even, and I feel like they don't even have to bring the cartridge version to the Switch. Make it no. all digital. No, I, I expect to see that. I expect to see a lot of games never come physically to the Switch, but come digitally. Yeah. To limit the, to limit the risk. Yeah, and if and even if they, I feel like even if they charge sixty dollars for the digital copy, um, you, I, I'll be fine with that. I, I'll yeah. be fine with that because I'm just like I got a two terabyte uh micro SD card, or I got an external hard drive. I, I'm down for that. Yeah. Oh, and Minecraft Story Mode. Minecraft did big, did really well on the Wii U. Yes. Minecraft Story Mode would make sense to put it on the Switch. So, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah. And I'm surprised that we're not. I mean, there's going to be ports, but um, I'm glad for this conference they didn't knock it up with half a little port library because no. you could say that this is that their launch lineup doesn't look good, but I'm like, if you go to PS4 and Xbox One, 65 percent of their launch lineup was ports. Exactly, and there was games that were coming out for the fall anyways. It wasn't like, this is an odd time for Nintendo, and I'd rather have them focus on, uh, you know, if it's going to be ports, let's have new ports yes. in the fall when everybody else is getting them at the same time so it's on equal ground. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that makes, that's it's completely fair because we don't want gimped versions or we don't want game versions that are a year old that nobody cares about because they played them previously. Yeah, um, last but not least before we go, uh, and this is kind of our topic, do you think, after Microsoft canceled Scalebound with Platinum, do you think, because uh, I think Platinum owns Scalebound, do you think Platinum is going to go back to Nintendo and maybe do a downgraded version of that game for uh, Switch? Or Great you... question. I mean, I looked it up. Uh, Microsoft did trademark Scalebound, so I think they own it, but if they're not going to use it, I bet they could make a deal uh, potentially with platinum for the platinum to take that with them mm -hmm. and then yeah on their own way maybe they have to pay back something because obviously they they were funded uh partially by or fully by xbox to make that game so there's dollars that were already made to produce that uh, -huh. uh and assets and if they bring that over so maybe they can but yeah i mean i think it'd be great i think platinum has been a great partner for nintendo and quite honestly if things don't go well for platinum i could see nintendo maybe potentially saying we would like to buy you and be a new studio for Nintendo making Nintendo games. That'd be fantastic. And uh, did you think Platinum would be like, yeah, because you guys let us make Bayonetta 2 anyway. And because by your expertise in game design, it came up this way, which made us get extra extension. Because uh, me and Larry was talking about F-Zero, a new F-Zero. And he, I said Bandai Namco, but he wants Sega to make it. 
Oh, because I, I well, I mean Sega, I guess because they, they did what was the what was it the Sonic Racing game? People love that. Yeah, they he said that um F the F zero there was Sega did an F zero arcade game for Nintendo. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But Nintendo, I don't remember that. I thought Namco did. Uh, good question. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. It's kind of like who who did the uh, the Mario Kart uh, arcade game? You well, know? I don't remember who Nam- did that. Was it I know Namco. Yeah, Namco did the Mario Kart game, mm-hmm. but I think there was an F Zero arcade game, and he said that Actually, Sega yeah. did it. Yeah. And I just and I, I, for some the life of me, I don't remember that. But he was just like, "Yeah, let Sega do the F Zero." I'm like, "Are you sure? Like, are would Sega be ready to do that?" You know, that's a good question because Nintendo relied heavily on third parties to help them make uh, Mario Kart, yeah, uh, Smash. Uh, Star Fox, so I could see them, you know, just saying, we'll help produce it, but you guys are going to actually develop it. So I could see that. Yeah, one of those guys could do it. Oh, one last thing. Treasure, please come back. (laughs) Nintendo, find Treasure and get a game on that system. Oh, and who's doing doing Bomberman? Is that Konami? Oh, Bomberman? Yes. See if we have a developer for that. Uh, let's see. Because Hudson Soft. Hudson Soft and Konami. So, Konami maybe? Are they back to making games? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one to guess. Yeah. And if, that, and, and if that's possible, if Bummerman becomes successful, is Konami returning back to Nintendo? Oh, I just looked it up. Konami is the publisher and developer. Whoa. No page for Switch, and they have their games. That's who they've got listed. Yeah. So there you go. Do you think if that partnership works out, do you think gamers are going to be back into Konami's good hands? Or Konami's going to be like, yeah, it's time for us to really make money. Uh, because I think after the Kojima split, like the sovereignness that came from gamers, I think if they work very well for Nintendo and they get some of their old school classics on the Switch and, they, and they're just great games, I think Konami might return back to being profitable and return it to the Konami that people uh, love back in the uh, 80s and 90s. Yep, we could get Blades of Steel to come oh. back. We could get Life Force. Yes! We could get uh, Contra. We could get uh, a Castlevania game and put, you know, Konami doesn't have to actually develop the game. They have the license, but they could get like a Way Forward or one of those uh, those teams, Yacht Club. To actually do the development, we know they know how to do those types of games. Yes. So, yeah, I think those those uh, that I those IPs they could basically say Nintendo, we're going to be dedicated to Switch with our IPs, hook us up with the developers, help us fund it, and you've got exclusivity on our old back catalog of Konami IP. Ed, you just won the podcast. <laughs> Todd, you have been champion for this podcast. <laughs> A champion is you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that because. Uh, I think hopefully Ultra Street Fighter um, really does Capcom justice on the Switch. I'm glad that they returned back to Nintendo for that. Um, I know Master Hunter is. I need a Master Hunter Four Ultimate for Switch. Yeah, I, they, I was surprised that would. I thought that would have been a big thing, but I mean, I, we we've got to know that that's coming to Switch because there's not been a truly a Monster Hunter console game since the Wii U, and you know, I think developing it for a console could be fantastic, and I think that could be that could really be the the Monster Hunter that brings in a Western audience. Yes, and I. I'll take that additional <laughs> on the go. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, with that, everybody, that is the show. Uh, Todd, please go ahead and plug. Let everybody know what's going on. 
sure. Um, Ed, once again, thank you having for me on having me on. This is fun. I don't get to talk about video games a whole lot, um, and this is just great. It's fun. You kept me in line, which is fantastic, because <laughs> typically I get a little I get a little spunky. But um, you can follow uh, me. I do a podcast all about uh, geek stuff, mainly TV, movies, comics, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's called the Secret Friends Unite podcast. Um, you can find us on any device that you download podcasts on, which is fun. Um, and our goal now is to be weekly, and we're going to find some unique ways to be weekly, which is we've gone away from being weekly, but we think it's it's better to be more frequent than less frequent and less long per episode. So I think it'll be a great way to do it. We're on Twitter at Secret Friends U, and we are on Facebook. If you just want to follow our podcast, we have a podcast page as well. Yes. Please check out Secret Friends Unite. Um, I, I still got to listen to the Rogue One uh, spoiler cast. That's the one I got to listen to because I actually enjoy spoiler one, uh, Rogue One. Like, such a good movie. And people are people are surprised that I like two Star Wars movies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's good. Uh, but you can find Optional Opinion on the Anomalous Radio Network dot dot com, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, um, any podcast apps that that just look up Optional Opinion and you'll see me. Um, you can hear me also on World One One Podcast. We are now on ShoutEngine dot com. So check out our also check out our page World One One Facebook page. Uh, for the forums and the podcast we're also there you can email this show at myop2comment at yahoo.com m-y-o-p the number two c-o-m-m-e-n-t at yahoo.com i want to know what you guys think about the nintendo switch presentation the games the prices are you disappointed are you hyped did you pre-order are you going to get one are you are you going to get six joy cons like (laughs) like like what what are you what do you think of everything that nintendo revealed um anything oh yes um this week do check out uh well not this week um in the coming week do check out optional opinion on ign.com i my new feature will be going up uh i'm going to be talking about girl thing games and if they're if they're fair um talking about like barbie games master high games like why they're on a nintendo platform why can't boys buy them like or you know style games like style savvy does that uh you know, viewpoint of a guy plays it. Like, we adults, why don't we buy it and play them? Um, you know, it, it might seem creepy at times, but, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just getting into that world and having that discussion. Um, so do check that out. That will be starting uh, January 16th. Uh, yeah, January 16th through the 20th, like that Monday through Friday. And I will have an episode up for that. And then uh, later on, I'm having a discussion about the Xbox Live with a special guest. So do be prepared about that. We're going to be talking about the history, some of the games, and what actually happened to Xbox. Well, Xbox Arcade. I think that's what it is. Live Arcade. Like, what actually happened to it? So with that, everybody, we are out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Or whenever you listen to this podcast. Todd Oxtra, you're amazing. Um... Also, check him, his questions and stuff out at Nintendo Voice Chat on Facebook, the, <laughs> the uh, forum right there. He asks a lot of interesting questions, have a lot of great viewpoints and stuff, um, and it's just completely awesome. Um, like I, like he said, check out Secret Friends United. Uh, Secret Friends Unite. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got it. Secret Friends Unite, Unite and follow them on Facebook. Oh, exactly. exactly. So uh, with that, everybody, we are out. Bye. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>